Hey, this is Ben Lesage from the New England Free Jacks, and you're watching the Jacks Rangers show. Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show. I am joined with a very, very good friend of the show. His name is John Fitzpatrick. He is the curator of Rugby Morning. He is also our DC correspondent. How the hell are you, John? Phil, I'm doing great this evening. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. A little tired, but we're going to be up really, really late tonight because Bodine Waka is about to jump on a flight from Chicago to Boston and arrive very, very early in the morning on Saturday here. So we've got some fans, some diehard Rangers that will be meeting him at the airport at Logan Ooh. tonight. So very, very exciting stuff. Really, really. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. It. I love it. I love that. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really excited. Uh, it's going to be a long night for me, but, uh, you know, it's worth it, man. It, this is one of those things that, like, you know, you'll be able to look back on with fond memories uh, down the road. But I wanted to ask you about – hold on. Are you, guys, are you guys staying up for Waka or are you waking up for Waka? Oh, waking up for Waka does sound better, but I'm technically staying up for Waka. I, I, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, let's talk about Rugby Morning. How many subscribers are you up to now? Is that something that you share with people or, like, how's that, how's that going? It's going great. Yeah. Every day of the week. Well, not every day of the week. Five days of the week now, Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. We're uh we're approaching we're approaching a thousand subscribers. So thousand nice. people subscribe it. We've got uh a little over sixty-four percent open rate on the emails, which okay. I'm very excited about. So, you know, it's a steady thing. If I was a better marketer, I could probably market it better, <laughs> but you know, yeah. What are you gonna do? I got other stuff I'm trying to do. <laughs> As we've talked about on this show, I think it might be one of the best things available for a rugby fan in the United States right now. And it's free. All you have to do is go into rugbymorning.com, right, and put your email address in there yeah. and hit sign up. And you will get uh, five days a week rugby content that you can look at and say, well, okay, I can plan my week around this, this, and this. And it's got all the updated news for MLR and uh, other things that's going on in American rugby. Uh, let's talk about Glorious Rugby Podcast as well yeah. real quick. You are – in partnership with Alistair there, uh, two DC fans talking about uh, your flag. So tell us about that. How's that going? I was I was waiting for a punchline. I was waiting for a joke there. You said well, two we got DC more coming. Fans, and I thought I thought that was going to be there. That's where you're going to start your punchline, your joke. But mm -hmm. yeah, it was something that um, I appreciate you mentioning that. It was something that Alistair and I started right before the season began. Mm -hmm. I think it was actually. I mean, I think the the idea came from you, as a matter of fact, because I think Love you tweeted that. like. Hey, there's not like an old glory DC. There isn't a there is an official old glory team podcast, and it's sure. really well done. My boy Ryan, who does fantasy stuff with me, he is the host of that one. But Alistair and I, um, he we saw your tweet, and Alistair and I both kind of like liked it. And then he sent me a DM. He was like, "Hey, do you want to do a podcast?" And I was like, "Yeah, why not? Let's do it." You know, so That's we um, we do it once a week. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll we'll recap the 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 last week preview the game ahead we've got some interviews in fact i think you may have been our first official guest that's awesome yeah i i did about uh 10 minutes maybe a c plus uh, of content there for you but uh maybe next time i'll come on i'll strive for a solid b for you but uh yeah really enjoyed my time coming on to the show and I'll tell you uh, what, we'll have you back on when uh, old glory meets new england in the playoffs ah! <laughs> Oh yeah, about three years from down the road now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that was he's, he's doing pretty good right now. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little surprised with you're on uh, the up and up. Yeah, you're on the up and up. You're playing Dallas this weekend, so that's exciting. Um, and by the time this comes out, you'll probably have lost to them, unfortunately. And then we'll okay. be the laughing socks of the Eastern Conference. Uh, but let's talk about. Hey, what we'll do better than 10, 10, 10 and nine against. Them. Ah, okay. Yep, yep. A win's a win. A dub's a it dub. Is, it is. Dub's a, a dub. 
It counted. Yep, it's true. Uh, we you provided us with some information about the new draft picks for DC and new acquisitions yeah. in the offseason and your previous appearances. Who's a couple of guys that are flying under the radar that may have a big game against the Jacks? I tell you what, I'm, there's a couple of guys I'm most excited about. One is an, is a guy that um, Old Glory picked up a couple of weeks ago because they needed to because they've, mm-hmm. they've got some injuries at the lock position. Um, Kyle Bailey, Canadian yeah. international stud. <laughs> I'm fact, so jealous, first, man. I'm so jealous. That's that's um, very much needed. Um, and his very first game, he got a yellow card. He uh, <laughs> what's his name on his butt, and everyone was kind of like, "Whoa!" You know, I don't think Kyle meant to do it. It was more of like a you know, it was a dummy runner that came in and it was like, am I, am I just going to stand there and get hit or am I going to hit him back? And he kind of put him down, but got the yellow there. Uh, that's right. Bottom, the of, the bottom barrel, of the barrel. Of the barrel but second, second in the second half of the season, I believe. Bozo uh, coming out swinging right now. Yes, I like it. Bozo's got to come out swinging. I, I respect that. I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> he needs to anything less than that. I'd be disappointed. I'm going to hide this comment for a moment. Cause I do have a, a question regarding that one here a little bit later on. I saw it. Bozo says, oh, man, thought my burn would have popped right up. Okay. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about for a moment here. Sorry, but, so Kyle Bailey, I'm super excited about Kyle Bailey. He's going to bring a lot of stability to the lock position. He's really helping out Colin Gross, who's one of the young draft picks, who we thought was going to be more of depth, but he has stepped right in. And, and I mm-hmm. would say he's probably 1B to Sam Gala 1A in terms of, in terms of rookie of the year. He's had a nice. phenomenal season for, for Old Glory D.C., uh, another player who's really come on, who was more of kind of a reserve and wasn't featured too much in the match day 23, but mm-hmm. uh, Graydon Boyd, who another Canadian. You guys know Canadians pretty well. Um, oh, sure do. We chugged maple syrup my half now. Sure enough, two wins on the bounce. But what I'm most excited about for this Dallas match is that Graydon's at 10, fly half, and they still have Tito Diaz Benia, who's been playing fly half. He's now going to be full back. Those two playmakers, distributors, they're out there on the field. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be interesting. And no diss on Dallas, but why not try and get yep. both players on the field? And if there's a game mm-hmm. to try and do it, and again, it's not trying to put down Dallas, but um, this is a game. And I know we're going to talk, maybe we will talk about it in a second, but this is a game that Old Glory needs to get a five point win. It's got to mm-hmm. be a bonus, two bonus yep. point win for them just to for sure. they continue to jockey for, for the second seed because it's we're not going to catch New England. So why bother? <laughs> it's serious. It's like it's yeah. game theory at this point. Like, don't even try and bother. There's there's seven games left in the regular season, four games you have to win. There's three that Old Glory can probably drop, finish eight and eight, probably need to go nine and seven to get the two seed. Let's focus on those and maybe, maybe get a you know four four tries against New England. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but I'm riled up. So let's go. I love it. I was, I'm, I'm going to actually hide this comment for a moment because I wanted to talk about Cal Bailey. This is a guy that the Free Jacks, you know, we're aware of, obviously, uh, teammates with a couple of these guys that have come over from yeah. Toronto. Um, you know, the lock position for the Free Jacks right now, not, you know, a, a big, you know, we don't have a lot of depth in that area. Jesse Peretti's going to be out yeah. for numerous weeks at this point due to but his. Connor Keyes has been, has been playing well, though. He's been playing well, no doubt. Uh, Samisi Paye has been fantastic. Yeah. He stepped up. But, you know, beyond that, it's like, well, Sam Fishley can jump, but he's not really a lock. So it's very concerning, Josh. Uh, Larson not available. So I was really, really frustrated. Well, not that frustrated because, I mean, we're eight and two. Like, we're, we're doing just fine. Fine, but that would have been a great pickup for the Free Jacks to get uh, Kyle through the door. It would have made a ton of sense, but he goes to our, one of our biggest rivals, and that's a little frustrating from our perspective. Here. I like how you say one of the biggest rivals. That's interesting because in, in episodes past, you've not said that. So 
Uh, well, I, I've I've taken credit for the in the first game that we won. By the way, this this season, uh, I was saying it, it was very testy on the pitch. What a game it saying, was, though. What a game it was, was a great game. It was, was a good. great game. But I was like, oh, it's becoming a rivalry on the pitch, and we've really, you know, created that rivalry on this show, talking a lot of crap about DC on social media. So I, I'm glad that it is something that is becoming a rivalry for sure, and 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 the teams don't seem to like each other. You know, it, it's it's. It seems like it should be something that already is innate because we both have the same color scheme, and that's just kind of like weird because we're both in the same conference. But yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Second is not a winner, and third, nobody remembers. Yeah, it's from a line Bozo. from the song. What is that from? I can't place it. Maybe Talladega Nights, perhaps. <laughs> I I got some tune in my head. Anyway, Chris, if you please share who sang that so I can. It's bothering me. Let's talk about what's been going on uh, on the pitch for DC since we last spoke with you. Yeah. So um, big, big inflection point in the season came when Ogilvy was two and five facing New York for the second time. Um, they had to get a win in that game and they went into the sheds and halftime down. And it was mm -hmm. like gut check moment. Like, Hey, is, are we going to be a team that is trying to build something here? Or are we just going to fold? Yeah. And they went out there in the second half and scored 30 points on uh, New York, ran away with it, got valuable momentum, a huge boost. And then the next week they had to take on Utah, who was riding a four-game win streak. And at the time, probably one yeah. of the hottest teams outside of San Diego, yep. the way that they were just running through people. And Old Glory DC controlled that entire match. And if you look at the second half there, one of the biggest things that we, what I talked about that Old Glory needed to really improve, and they've tried to, even though they're still giving up a lot of points, was their defensive mindset, just kind of their defensive mm -hmm. scheme. And, you know, they do things a little bit differently. They are still giving up points. But in that second half against Utah, they shut them down. I think they held them to an early try in the second half, and that was about it. Old Glory ended up winning by a couple of scores. Utah scored 22 points in that game, and that's a pretty prolific offense when you got it is, Mono, yeah. Mockney, and Crusay, and hell, Lance Williams running wild on people. Mm -hmm. So those were two very big um, momentum, big you know boosts for them to get to four and five. Um, you know, right now they're they're jockeying for position. The second seed again. We're going to talk about this some more, but the second season, second seed is probably where they most likely need to focus their efforts. They're not going to catch New England. And Noel is one point up on them at the number two seed. Mm -hmm. Noel's played one more game than Old Glory. Nola did beat Old Glory earlier in the season by three. That was mm -hmm. kind of a scrappy, nasty game. And you know, Old Glory is going to play them again um, towards the latter half of the season. That's one of the four wins that Alistair and I talked about that they need to win mm -hmm. um, in order to really qualify for the playoffs. So, defensively that's really been their their focus trying to trying to improve there because they got scored on a ton last year mm -hmm. uh, sure they did. did have the ability to score and they have been scoring back but you know you can't be giving up 40 points a game and expect to try and win it's just not gonna it's not gonna happen so um improved effort there um, we'll see what happens in this dallas game so winning culture is something that is like people want to poo-poo that and say, oh, it's no big deal. Like yeah. if you out there just win games, it's just going to come natural or whatever they say. Uh, it's professional. So people just expect you know, things to work, you know, always. But um, is there any concern that this team really hasn't, you know, finished in a playoff position previously that they might just kind of fold um, <clears throat> in the latter half of the season and not have that killer instinct? I mean, it was funny, Alistair and I actually talked about this, <clears throat> and I'll throw this question back to you in a second, but mm -hmm. 
And in the bye week, we interviewed Stan South, who was one of the old glory DC's locks. He's played with them the last three seasons. Um, you know, he's still only 26, which is crazy. Um, we played um, in the premiership and also top 14. Wow. We asked him about like, what's the culture like in DC? You know, what are things, what's the locker room like? And he said, it's a night and day difference compared to last year versus nice. this year. Yep. There's been some turnover, but there have been some veterans like Jama, Jama Sinfano and Schultz, their, their eight man who, who became their captain, who was named their captain before the mm -hmm. season began, which was fascinating, right? Because a lot of people were like, hey, this guy got, you know, suspended for what? It's five like Jesse Peretti years. becoming the captain of the free Yeah, but I think it's funny because, you know, in, in having some conversations with some other people and, and him speaking on other podcasts, he really took on that leadership role and said, Hey, I want to step up and I've got to change my mm -hmm. game. I need to stay on the field. And I thought he played pretty well in the final qualification tournament, even though the men's Eagles lost Jama had, had a real good uh, three game set there. Um, but the culture, they really are building it up. And what Alistair and I really focused on uh, in this past week's episode was what we like about Old Glory DC right now is, yeah, they're four and five, right? So you could look at the record and be like, they're under 500, they're up and down, mm -hmm. they have won two in a row. They have battled through some games where they've had to look at the guys next to them and say, hey, guys, are we going to fold here? Or are we going to mm -hmm. win, right? Mm -hmm. So these guys are coming through the fire. They're battle-tested. They're building the confidence that we can be in intense moments. We need to win this lineup. We need to get this tackle. We need to steal this yep. ball. We need to score here, right? So I'll throw it back to you. Would you rather have a team that's battle-tested, that's proven in tight moments that they can come mm -hmm. out and win big games? Mm -hmm. Or would you rather – and, of course, we all want our teams to win every game. But would you rather have your team win a 10-game win streak and then come short? You know, it's yeah, I mean – you know, it's it's quite the the interesting predicament, but I think you want them to be battle tested, and I think the Free Jacks have had that type of moment this season against Atlanta. Right? They they didn't play well in the first half, came out and scored twenty three unanswered points, which is pretty rare in rugby uh, to win that game. Really took hold of it in the second half, and I think that's one of those championship moments for most people that might not be in their top two or top three wins of the season. But for me, I see that and say. This is a championship team when that type of thing happens. You're battle-tested and you come through it. It takes a lot of grit and a lot of urgency and a determination to win games like that. So seeing that in the middle of the season gives me a lot of confidence going forward with this squad. Whereas last year, I mean, it, you know, last year was last year. It's almost like I can't really remember game to game what took place. I remember the 10-game winning streak, you know, that, that number sticks out. But I don't remember how tested they were in most of those games. Mm -hmm. I don't remember if a lot of them were close or not, but – um, you know, Scott Matthew talked about maybe it was a year too soon for that squad, uh, the maturity of the locker room, all that sort of stuff taken into consideration now that he looked back on the loss and said maybe we were just a year too early with that type of peaking a little bit too soon. And I don't want to I don't think we're seeing that right now with this team. Um, you know, they they'd obviously dominated against Toronto, but, um, you know, I think the best rugby is still yet to be played. You would hope so. Yeah, yeah. You don't want yeah. to play the best rugby early in the season. Yeah, for sure. Exactly, exactly. Um, speaking of battle tested, let's talk about Bodin Waka. Okay, yeah. I mentioned earlier in the in the episode he is going to be arriving tonight, uh, early or, or excuse me, early in the morning tomorrow. If he, if he gets through Saturday. customs, I heard he may be delayed a little bit. I made a phone call. You know, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to name drop or anything like that. But uh, I've got connections. So, did you ever watch Flight of the Conference? By the way. I've I've maybe seen one or two episodes of that. Yep. Mm -hmm. I just Long picture time. Murray. Anyway, he's the manager. He's anyway. 
Uh, let's talk For about sure. his return. He's flying in late tonight. Uh, is it possible? It's possible that he could be in the 23 against DC. Well, How New, concerned... New England in the, in the, in the, in the press release that they put out said he will be available for selection. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, I anticipate it, he'll see the field. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not in the, you know, in the starting 15, but probably in the, in the match day 23, I'd imagine. How concerned are you? I mean, I, I asked Scott, um, the big guy Ferrara last week, uh, mm-hmm. how concerned is he about the return of Waka? But, you know, we've played them twice and beaten them twice. So my question to you as a, somebody that hasn't yet experienced the Waka in 2023, that could yeah. potentially as a DC fan, what's, do you have a concern? The player of the year, last year's player of the year is returning to the top team in the Eastern conference who I, again, I predicted a new England, San Diego. MLS. I remember, I remember. I even have, I think new England win it. Oh. I actually, it's funny, and I'll get to your original question, but we, me and Bill and, on our U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live, we had Nate Osberger on, and I told him my prediction. I said, hey, I, I have New England beating you in the MLR Shield, so tell me how wrong I am. Mm. He, he answered very diplomatically. But, of course. Um, yep. if, if that's what gets uh, San Diego over the hump, I apologize in advance, Phil, and to Free Jacks Nation. I, I feel good about the matchup, to be honest with you. So we'll see. Yeah. We've got to get there first. Uh, well, you just can't you can't you can't play them like you did in week two. But that's true. That's yeah. true. They they gave us a butt whooping. So so yeah, to answer your question, yes, of course. Because if you if you saw what happened um with Waka, he didn't play all that much um in um uh, in Japan rugby league one. And now I mm-hmm. wanna know if that's because um competition level was higher. I don't mm-hmm. know, potentially. Maybe there's definitely more money flowing into the player contracts. That's right. That's why all those big players, you know, from super rugby and whatever going over there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like there's almost, there's a couple of things that Waka has got a little extra fuel and that is uh, unfinished business. You know, I feel like he wants to lead new England to a championship Mm -hmm. almost happened last year, returning to a squad that in his absence, his absence is still first in the Eastern conference i think patros has played well i think he's played steady it'll be interesting to see when waka comes back where he's going to slot in and i imagine they'll probably move him around and patros will probably figure out 10 15 combination could they both be on the field at the same time why not try it yes fascinating watch um and i think he's got something to prove um because i don't think he's i don't think he played as well as he would have liked to in japan and I think he's right. going to come back here with a familiar locker room and a team that seems to be rolling. And, hey, can I slide in and get this team over the hump? Yeah, of course. you got to be scared. Absolutely. Anyone who says they're not scared that Waka is returning is lying to you. <laughs> well, that's, uh, Scott the Big Guy Ferrara was definitely saying that he, you know, he's not terrified of Waka being back. But I really hope that uh, if New York happens to make the playoffs, that's definitely not a guarantee at this New York point. Needs to, New York has to beat Nola Gold. Yeah. Uh, this week, and if they don't, mm-hmm. their playoff chances are not very good, um, and they're missing a lot of players. So they sure this, are, is, yeah. this is a big matchup for them against Nola, and I don't think that's going to go in their favor. I, I'm I'm curious to see if Waka will make the 23, and if he's in the starting 15, watch out for sure uh, against DC. Now DC, I will say, I mean, we talk a lot of shit about DC on this podcast in the off season. We definitely gave you guys a couple of uh, uh, thumps there, but. Um, Definitely an improved squad. I mean, that was very, very clear with the signings. You got a home run hire um, from NPC, and, you know, you guys have looked pretty, pretty good. I mean, still a losing record right now, but at the same time, you're talking about you guys got a little winning streak going, feeling good about yourselves. So excited to see what takes place. Um, 
How are you doing on Ranger picks? Now, this is a kind of a phenomenon that has uh, uh, started up on the Jack's Ranger show. Bozo Six normally does his picks, and now we've got guys jumping in, including yourself. You were kind of roped in. Um, Which, I love it. This. That's great. Yeah, more yeah, people yeah, yeah. need more picks. Yeah, it's great. Um, For sure. So I'm 37 uh, and 21. I've got one right. week with, with a perfect record. I think since it was a couple of weeks ago, the chatter, I was like, you know what? I'm starting to get pissed off here that my record isn't very good. <laughs> and if you look at my last three weeks, I think I went four and two, five and one, and four and oh. Um, so only three losses in the last three weeks. I believe I'm second in the standings for the back half of the season so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little concerned about, so, you know, when you had me on that midseason review about the picks, um, mm-hmm. and I do want to claw my way back up to the top of the standings, and I'm four back of, I think, the third spot, and it's it's really tight there. And I figure if I can pick one or maybe two off a week, with yep. seven weeks to go, I can I have a shot potentially mm-hmm. to climb back in the standings. And the rest of the Rangers have been picking really well. It's yes. funny because I'm at the bottom with Bozo, although he's got technically <laughs> he's above me with the, the extra bonus point. Bonus kudos, points, yep. Kudos to him. But 37 and 21. So I think my winning percentage is back up to around 63%. Okay. Um, not bad. Which which what it was last year, which was eh, the year before that was 57%. So yeah. um I've got Utah beating San Diego in this one. That's probably a little bit of stretch, but that's yeah. one where I'm 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 optimistic where I might be the only one picking that one out of the Is range that teams. I don't know. In Utah? Is that in Utah? It is in Utah. It okay. Utah. I don't yeah. think that's a, I don't think that's a bad, as bold of a pick as some might assume it, since it's at Utah. But it's yeah. It's a game that Utah has to win. And For if sure. you also look what's going on in the Western Conference, Seattle's not playing, right? So mm-hmm. if San Diego loses, Seattle, you know, they're they're going to stay in second. San Diego's going to stay in first, right? They're not going to mm-hmm. lose points to 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 Seattle. So, but then if you looked at the the match day twenty three that San Diego put out, it's still a pretty good squad. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. so I was going to say maybe they're rotating, but I I didn't realize that they had put out their roster. So. Yeah, they they there put it out um, a couple hours ago. Okay. Um, so that could be a tricky one. I, hey. Chicago could surprise people and, and rough up rugby ATL. And look, I would if love that, that happens, I'd be okay with that as an old Me too. fan. That Me helps, too. Right. I, so. I tell people like, you know, obviously I don't, I hate the rivals uh, in the Eastern conference, including you guys, but as long as everybody loses in the Eastern conference and the free Jacks win, I'm feeling pretty, pretty good about myself that week, you know? Yeah, that's why this 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 New York matchup against Nola Gold, even though we're mm-hmm. Old Glory's chasing Nola by a point, if Nola beats New York, that's going to bury them in the chase, and their probability of getting to the playoffs drops drastically. That it's like, <sighs> you know, love it. Have love them it. lose so that it starts to become a, a three team race for two spots as opposed to a four team race for two spots. So. I pumped their tires, John, just uh, earlier this week in our episode talking about, oh, they're going to figure it out at some point. They got too much talent. You know, the injury woes eventually will be over. But I don't know, man. Like They are you talented. Know. They've got pieces there. They're a talented squad. But, you know, losing, what, 13 players and Jack Hyten's out. And it's a big you know, deal. Manis, their scrum half got injured in the last game. It's yep. like, you know, they're like Toronto. Like, they just can't seem to catch a break on the injury front right now. And, you know, hopefully sure. that helps um, Eastern Conference opponents like Old Glory. Most important question of the interview, we've tried to get you up to Fort Quincy many times at this point. Will you be in attendance for the last home game of the regular season to potentially receive the wooden spoon for the Ranger picks? Well, no, I was going to say, <laughs> uh, I want to get that the cup or whatever that comes up. Um, yeah, I know. I got to get to Fort Quincy. I, I do. I want to go there so bad, and my preference would be there for, for an old glory game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's – look, I don't know when it's going to happen. It will happen, just – 
It'll happen. I promise you. Listen, uh, Brian Ray, our Toronto correspondent, is running circles around you. He didn't even come to a, a Free Jacks uh, Toronto game. He was just like, I'm going to come to the, you know, watch them play Dallas. You know, I just want to experience Fort Quincy. So he's got you beat in that on that front. It we works get better in the summer. Well, it kind of works better in the summertime. We're, I'm in the midst of uh, spring sports season. So I'm coaching youth soccer, t-ball, and uh, volunteer coaching youth rugby. So Saturdays and Sundays get a little tricky in the morning. So how do you find time for everything? John? I, I mean, you work full time, you're, you've got rugby morning and you've got a podcast as well. How does, and you've got the, the thing on uh, Twitter spaces, your yeah. time management skills must be out of, out of the, you know, out of, out of this world. Man. Someone told me once you're juggling balls, you're juggling glass balls and you're juggling plastic balls. You can drop the plastic balls. You just can't drop the glass balls because the glass balls break and you can't fix those. So Really yeah. good visual, actually. Uh, let's talk about uh, give the Brave Rangers who will be making a trip down to Leesburg, Virginia, some tips for the venue. Um, what, what, what what's going on down there? Is like they sell alcohol? Like is there parking? Tell us what's going on. Ample parking. You're not gonna have an issue with parking. There's alcohol okay. there. Uh, it's you know mid May in Washington D.C. is typically nice, even in the evening time. Now that's a Sunday afternoon game. Um, it's probably going to be uh, 70s, mid-70s. Like, it, it should be nice. Now, what you should do is make a weekend of it. So if you're going to stay in the Leesburg area, Loudoun County out there is a little bit of wine country. If you're, you know, if you like the vino, if you like a, a nice Northern Virginia wine, there's plenty of places around there. There's a nice little vineyard you could check out beforehand. If you're more of a beer guy like myself, there are some cideries out there, or, you know, um, Cider, I don't even know what you call it, but Cider House, sure. Cider House, there, there's Cider House. There are breweries out there that um, some good one, Golden Ox, I think is one that's really good that I like. Um, so there's stuff to do, of course. You know, if you can pop into DC and you know check out the monuments, some museums, that's all well and cool. Cool. If you're the Nats are in town, catch a baseball game. Um, depends on what kind of food you like. Here's the deal: if you're in the if you're in the DMV, and I know where you are in the Northeast lobster is king there. But mm -hmm. if you're in um, the Chesapeake Bay area, you got to get crabs. Now it's a little early in the season for your Atlantic Chesapeake Bay crabs, right? If you were to get them steamed, but you can still get a ton of good mussels and clams and shrimp. You probably get some crabs early season and you just might be paying more than you want to. Mm -hmm. um, when you get closer to Memorial Day, that's when all of a sudden it becomes crab season and the prices go up. So actually, maybe if you go now, you could probably get some good, good, good price on, on crabs. So you've got an abundance of options. If the weather's nice, you're looking mid seventies. Could be a nice weekend. I just hope you guys don't go back upset. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I feel pretty good about our chances. You know, I'll save my prediction for later on uh, in this episode. Uh, yeah. But super yeah. excited. Just make sure all the Rangers are going down there. Um, don't get crabs. Eat crabs, but don't get crabs. Okay, we'll just throw that out there. Watch <laughs> out for Leesburg, Virginia. Right? <laughs> Are they really uh, coming down? I, I I would love to, but you know I've got the big trip coming up. I'm going to L.A. and then Seattle to see right. the Free oh, Jacks play. Like so road trip. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, I heard very, very good things about the uh, Maryland's uh, soccer plex there where the uh, CRCs was. Yeah. Just glowing reviews about that place. So I uh, would love to check that out at some point if they continue that next year. That'd be great. Yeah, um, I'll be back. 
give the Rangers some touristy recommendations for things to do in D.C. I think you were talking about the monuments. For me, Jefferson Memorial has is like number one uh, in my book. That might tell you a little bit about my politics. But, uh, yeah, um, what about you? What no, you I respect that because, um, you know, everyone goes right to the Lincoln, right, because it's the one that's the most well-known. It's right on the mall, right? But yeah. Jefferson's kind of a little off the mall yes. a little bit, so you kind of got to walk out of the way a bit. But the best thing about the Jefferson Memorial is you're less than a five minute walk from the Fish Wharf. So this is a part of D.C. in the southwest waterfront. They just completely redid. It is awesome. Great nightlife, cool bars, restaurants, seafood. And in the Fish Wharf, there's like three big, massive stalls where you can get fresh catch shrimp, fish, crabs. They'll cook some stuff for you. They even have some New England clam chowder, which is good. Whoa. Uh, and the best part is the accents that you hear because you're, you're getting you're getting these guys that are from the chest the true Chesapeake in Maryland. They've got some accents that sound like old English. I'm not kidding, um, but the Southwest Waterfront is awesome. Definitely go there. You're not far from the Jefferson Memorial. Certainly, the monuments are cool, right? Like mm -hmm. definitely um, do that because if you like history, that's a good place. I would recommend if you can do it. It's not far from the monument. You can actually, from the Lincoln, you can you can walk over the bridge. Arlington National Cemetery is oh, yes. really yeah. cool. It's mm -hmm. really, really neat. It's really neat. Obviously, a lot of history there. Um, that used to be part of, place, yeah, that used yeah. to be part of D.C. Yep. Um, if, you like, if you're a Civil War buff, you'll love it there. But there's a lot of different, um, uh, I don't want to say celebrity, like well-known people who are buried in Arlington National Cemetery that may not have a military connection. Interesting. So it's worth checking out the, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Mm -hmm. um, certainly really cool. Um, if you want to just walk around and, and sightsee and see people, you know, you've got the Southwest Waterfront, which is by the monuments. But you can also go to Georgetown. People bring up their boats. You've got the bridge right there. Georgetown, Roslyn over in Virginia across the Potomac River. That's got some... Nice buildings to look at. It's a good place to get a little drink. You sit by the water. You get a nice little breeze. That's um, that's a neat section to hang out in. Um, I mean, I like – there's this place called Right Proper uh, Brewery, which is actually a block and a half from where I live uh, hmm. in D.C. It's a good little micro brew. Some good um, selections there. Raised by Wolves is my favorite beer that they have there. It's a great name for a beer right there, for um, sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you name it, uh, one more, one more, just because right. it's not far from the Southwest waterfront. It's where Audi field, which is where DC United plays yes. and where Alistair, my co-host on the podcast is trying to convince old glory DC to have a rug, an old glory DC match there. And it would be a great venue for rugby world cup yep. 31, um, Agreed. Holds yep. just under 30,000. So you could pack Perfect. it out. Yep. But they're right there. And on the other side is South Capitol Street, which goes right to the Capitol building. But you have Nat Stadium. And that little section right there, again, this is all part of the waterfront on the Anacostia side where there's just mm -hmm. neat little places to set outside if the weather's nice, to grab a drink, eat some food, do some sightseeing, some people watching. Um, good times there. Yeah. I love it, man. I appreciate you repping your city right there because that was quite a bit that people can really, you know, digest and uh, find out what they want to do. Sit outside. The weather's nice. Get outside. Listen, yeah. it's going to be humid. We all know that, John. No, it's, a, no. it's, it's, a, it's a swamp, you know, there in D.C. <laughs> Drain um, the swamp. 
Um, that was uh, Nelly. Nelly. Ah, dang it, I couldn't place it. The song from Bozo there. Yeah. Uh, James Horkin asking some very, very good questions about the venue. Any recommendations for a Free Jacks friend driving down to D.C. next weekend? Where to sit at the game? Any food near the stadium, etc.? Yeah, you get off at um, exit 14, you make a U-turn, and you drive right back up 95, and you go back to New England, and you watch the <laughs> game from New England because we just want old glory D.C. fans at the stadium. Uh, next question. Unfortunately, we do travel pretty well, so there's going to be quite a few of us. A lot more than New York brought to Fort Quincy, which might have been a total of two people. So embarrassing. Um, Most So if you're watching the game, if you watch the game on TV, and I'll answer the question. Uh, was it James? Uh, yes. If you're watching the game on TV, the camera side you know, shoots across and you see Loudoun United. That side, there's, there's less people that sit on that side because you're kind of more mm -hmm. in the sun. Right. The camera side actually... People always say, oh, there's there's not good attendance at Old Glory matches, which is actually not the case. It's everyone sits on the one side of the right. stands where there's a kind of a little bit more shade. You're kind of out of the wind a little bit more. And you've mm -hmm. got great sight lines. There's really good sight lines in that um, in that venue. That's where most of the people sit. Now, okay. you can sit on the far side over there, and you will be on TV, uh, you know, so that your Free Jacks friends can wave and, and say hi to their mom. But. Yeah, looking forward to that for those folks. Yeah, for sure. That make the trip down there. Um, ba, 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 ba. Color Thieves Rivalry 2.0 says Bozo. No. Uh, sounds swampy from Bozo. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's talk about before we get you out of here. This has been fantastic. We're about 33 minutes in at this point. Give the uh, actually let's talk about the color scheme themes of DC. How do they get this win at home against the high-flying New England Free Jacks? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, <clears throat> Old Glory in the games that they've won this year, they've jumped out to an early lead, and I think they got to have that heart, a hot start here. Mm -hmm. um, they, they like to, right off the kickoff, they like to tack the kickoff, where they've had a couple of games where they've scored within the first two or three minutes because they've kind of almost stolen the kickoff in a way, you know, kind of like the old sevens where they like yeah. try and like bounce it back or they just race down and, and try and steal before the, the opposing team gets it. You got to, you got to score early. I think against new England really put the pressure on them. I'll take a step back and say game theory here on this. I don't necessarily know if this is a game that old glory tries to go all out and win because there are more important games um, in the final seven that they need oh. to win that, marshalling all your resources to try and beat old glory maybe doesn't i mean trying to beat new england doesn't necessarily make sense considering there are four games they have to win dallas toronto nola gold and rugby atl those are the four games they absolutely have to win in in my in my opinion and also mm -hmm. we'll talk about that the other three are are new england houston and seattle and again okay. right those are three top three powerhouses yep. yeah so two of those are are um on the road um, Houston and Seattle. So anyway, uh -oh. yeah. so, so to, so getting back to your original question of old glory says, okay, you know what? Hey, this is a game that we actually want to not say they're going to try and lose. Cause that's not at all what I'm saying, but you know, it's a 16 game season, right. And you're going to swap lineups out in and out. And you're going to identify games that are more important that you prioritize over others. And in, are there games that are more important for Old Glory DC to win than this New England game? In my opinion, yes, there are. So, but I think they're still going to play tough. I think they're still going to play pretty well because um, I think they uh, they showed something to some folks, maybe you included, uh, in that in that week three game where they almost went yeah. up there 
um, install one yep. from an venue where New England doesn't really lose unless you're playing New York. Yep. Well, only ever lost twice. So our, our winning percentage is pretty damn good. Much better than DC's. I will say that. Um, yeah. Well, I, so listen, you gotta, you gotta jump, you gotta jump out on, 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 uh, New England. You gotta score early, keep mm-hmm. the pressure on, be interesting to see what, um, they do with Waka. I don't think you can just put him in the starting lineup. Cause I think that's disrespectful for the, to the guys that have been battling already. You got to earn your way sure. back. Even if you're the player of the year last year, yeah, you got to earn I mean, your way back. It's exactly what he said, you know, in the yeah, quote 100%. that we posted, uh, yeah. you know, this is a guy that is truly humble, even though he's the league MVP last year, doesn't have much of an ego at all, you know, understands that he's got to work his way back into the squad yeah. and back into the starting lineup. Um, yeah. But I, I, this, John, I would love, if DC put out their B side and we hung a 50 burger on you and Waka just goes off. Oh my gosh. You know, the, the shit that we will throw at y'all, it's just going to be great in my fantasy land. We beat every single Eastern conference team in the regular season every time. And then we just, we dance on all of y'all's graves. So we've already scalped night in New York. That's number one. So Toronto's coming up. That I mean, come on, man. Like, yeah, let's let's be real on that deal. They ain't go. They ain't beating us at Fort Quincy. And we've got two more. You know, it won't, be, it won't be eighty. It won't be eighty. No, no, five. we don't need it to be at dubs a dub, John. Dubs a dub. So two and zero oh, all season long, Eastern Conference, just absolutely slaughtering everybody. I I cannot wait. And uh, yeah, I hope that t- does take place. Slaughtering everyone. You beat Old Glory by three. <laughs> Okay, but again, granted, granted, you know, granted, Old Glory yeah. was playing up a man for a, a, a big portion of that game. True, some some ill discipline by New England, which is definitely an area of Something concern. That happens, yeah, yeah, it does. It's one of those things that kind of holds us back from being uh, the true potential team that we we can be. But I, you know, uh, I just kind of lost my train of thought because I'm just so excited at the possibility of you guys trotting out your B side against I us playing strategy. Trot out the B side. Listen, you got bigger games that you could potentially win down further down the schedule. So yeah, please do. You know, suggest it to old Josh. What is it, Josh Sims? Is that his name? It is. Yes, yes it get is. in his ear. You know, you guys don't need this game. Eastern Conference games Coach coming up. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe so. I mean, if you guys finish eight and eight, they should trot him off of the uh, the field like Rudy. Stop. Stop. I think they have a chance to go nine. They have a chance to go nine and seven. They go nine and seven. They'll get the two seed. They go eight and eight. Two seed is in play, but more likely three. But they got to go. They got to get the two seed. So, and it's 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 realistic. It's realistic. Uh, let's talk about uh, James Horkins' comment here. DC drafted Mike Ware from uh, Dartmouth. Do you think there are plans for him to be in the squad moving forward? He hasn't played since preseason. Interesting. This is a guy that I really wanted the Free Jacks to get. Somebody in their backyard played at Dartmouth. You know. So what what's the status of uh, Mike? Great question. And um, what I thought was interesting, and this was uh, right after the draft happened, and I don't know what if it was a podcast. It might have been on your podcast. Yeah, it was us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, New England said that they wanted to draft Mike Weir, but he had mm-hmm. like a job opportunity in D.C. That's and right. they didn't want to prevent him from that job opportunity. So they, you know, I, I don't want to say pass, but they didn't select him. So right. I, you know, I re- highly respect that. I think that's, that's really cool. Look, I think um, it's a larger question. Mike Weir hasn't featured on the match day 23 this year. I, he's a development player. And I think that's the great question right now for, if you take a step back and a bigger picture for just American rugby fans, you know, who's the next great American fly half, right? Like right now, our flag bearer is A.G. McGinty, who, you know, uh, came out of the the Irish system and they didn't you know 
they were so stacked there that mm-hmm. it came to the U.S. was bartending in New York, and then got a master's degree at life and started you know rocking out again. And thankfully that happened for us. Mm-hmm. So that's a bigger question there, right? And I think you've the a young American fly half straight out of college. I don't think is just is ready to step into a starting right. ten role yet. And I I would hope over the next five to 10 years, we, and it's happening. Like there are guys that are talented that are going to happen, but they need game time. They need some more pedigree or they need, you know, they got to play. You just got to freaking play more. Right. Sure. Um, That Mike Weir is a guy that they're going to bring along wherever, if he stays with old glory, if he goes somewhere else. But um, I think he's probably someone that, you know, this is not old glory, but you know, Scott Lawrence, men's Eagles coaches, I'm sure is having conversations with about like, how do we bring him along as a, as a fly off? And there's a couple other guys too in that conversation um but well, what, uh, right now Graydon and tito they're they've been playing well at mm-hmm. 10 going to continue to ride them but mike is, is a development player who i think they're high on it's just um how do you get them more playing time right. well one of the solutions is the usa hawks right with mm-hmm. these guys that have been recent draftees uh, that mm-hmm. aren't getting playing time or really on the bottom of the depth chart they're development american players they can go down to charlotte and kind of fine-tune their skills and then play in real competition against these great south african teams that are bringing up their b-sides to play great concept the problem that i think that maybe mike is running into and i, I don't know the guy but Smart dude, obviously, going to Dartmouth, one of the best schools in the country. I think five years out of college, they make the most amount of money out of any school. I mean, obviously, Harvard has the big prestige, but Dartmouth has the the bankroll, right? So um, probably a very, very smart guy living in D.C. So it it might be a situation where he can't leave D.C. to go down to Charlotte because he's got job commitment situation yeah. so and that's yeah. one of those things that we're going to have in this league where these guys are making what like twenty thousand dollars a year to come in and 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 basically like minimum wage type of thing yeah like if they've got a, a serious job offer what are you going to do like obviously you want to play rugby that's your passion but you know you got to feed yourself and whatever else could yeah. be going on potentially so that's one of those things that hopefully as this league continues to grow we can pay these guys much better money to where it makes that e- an easier decision to put off your your career uh, because a lot of these people are, you know, a lot of these guys are smart. Phil, they can do I, other I, things. I, yeah. I could not agree with you more. Like one hundred percent. Like that is that is. You know, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with Phil Harris. Ah, my <laughs> mind's like, crazy. But you're one hundred percent right. Like I, everyone who's got a stakeholder in in Major League Rugby from mm-hmm. from from all of us, fans, people doing podcasts, right? Yeah. More money needs to flow into the league so the salary cap can go up so you can pay the players more so Mm -hmm. that's a year-round thing so they don't have to make the hard decision of hey i've got this job opportunity it's not rugby but man i really want to play rugby but you know like that that's such a hard decision for someone to have to make and how many players Mm -hmm. have have had to what's his name um why am i blanking on him right now harry barlow right yeah oh yeah he had to make that decision i think Mm -hmm. he stepped away because i think he had wanted to focus on some career stuff he Mm -hmm. was he american eligible that's right. Who, yep. And he was getting looks in that yeah. 2021 season from yeah. the national team. You know, he was playing very, very well, you know, a couple injuries and, you know, and now he's back uh, in England. Uh, so it's unfortunate, man. It really is truly. So anywho, uh score prediction for your DC flags against the mighty new England free Jacks. It's the mighty new England free Jacks. Who, um, <laughs> Does this factor into the Rangers picks or is this, uh, am I being held accountable? No, no, absolutely not. 
<laughs> I don't trust that at all, but that's all right. Um, if um, I'll give you, I'll give you two. I'll give you um, Phil Harris's fantasy land scenario, oh, my okay. version, and then sure. what I think probably will more likely happen. Um, fantasy land version, um, old glory. It goes in Old Glory's favor. Um, it could be—I think it could be a, a similar type of score that we saw um, uh, when Old Glory met New England mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the season. Though I think the yeah. weather's going to be nicer, so I think we're going to be throwing the ball. Both teams maybe throwing the ball around a little bit more. Expansive rugby, love it. Love it. Yeah, throw that, chuck that thing around, man. Let's get people cheering. That's, That's concerned to me about um, New England, right? With Milan back and Belicana stepping people. So it's going like, to rip you guys apart. It's going to be yeah. great. I wouldn't go there, but <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be some, there's going to be some high score. You know, I think it, it could be, I think it could be another 34, 31 game. Love it. But I'm going to tip it in old glory's favor. I'm going to say old okay. glory, 34, new England, 31, right? Like right. fantasy maybe. Right. No, I mean, it's possible, right? I mean, I we, we talk a lot of shit around here, but it's, it, we can definitely drop a game, especially in a way game, John, it's happened twice this year, you mm-hmm. know? So we'll, we'll have to see. But, but again, going back to games that are more important for Old Glory DC to win, and they're not going to yes. catch New England in the standings. Yeah. So they need to get, they need to qualify for the playoffs. And yeah, beating New England will certainly help. Mm-hmm. But there are four games out of the seven that they haps, absolutely have to win, and they got to win those. And they're mm-hmm. all Eastern Conference opponents minus um, New England. That um, there's a little game theory here, and maybe they hold things back or they move things around. But more than likely, could should New England win this game? Probably. They're the better team, right? They're the, they're the top team in the Eastern Conference for a reason. Mm-hmm. But if you've looked at how Old Glory has played this year, there's only been one game where they haven't gotten any table points, and that was when they got romped by uh, New York earlier in the season. They lost 34-8. to eight. It was an ugly game. Mm. Even in their other losses, um, they've gotten at least one bonus point. That was scoring four tries. Is that an opportunity here if they don't beat New England, where when they went up to New England, they got two table points, right? They got the four right. tries and they lost by less than seven or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. More than likely, I think it happens somewhere in between that spectrum where O'Glory wins by three or it's a close, tough loss to New England, but they still get some table points out of it. I think okay. it falls somewhere in that spectrum. I would be happy for you guys to get two points out of this uh, losing effort. I would love that for you guys. I really would. I, I think that's, you know, it's progress. It's progress for DC. That's that's what we're looking for this year uh, for them. And, and you guys have really improved dramatically. I mean, you're what, one one better than last year already? Not bad. It's a true Not story, bad, man. So I'm happy for you guys. I, I'm really glad that this thing has kind of turned itself around with a, a bit of a rebuild here. Um, it is good that you guys are better than last year. I mean, it's just good for the league. It's good for the D.C. market. It's good for the Eastern Conference. So it, it's, a, it's a nice story for sure. So we'll have to see how it goes down. I, You know, if you, if you guys absolutely trash us, I really, really hope that you and Al- Alistair doesn't seem like that type of guy. But I really hope that you give us a little poking back, uh, just a little we'll, bit. We'll poke you back. Know? We have to. Appreciate I mean, it. It's all in good fun. It's got to yeah, be entertaining. We, this, this stuff has to be entertaining or no one's going to listen to it. You know, I always come into these episodes like with the the correspondence, like ah, twenty minutes in and out, no big deal. But you and I just have a rapport where we're we're it's never going to be twenty minutes, John. It's always like forty five. Yeah, forty seven minutes almost. (laughs) Yep. So at this point, people have tuned out. So it's just you and me. So, but anyway, um, with that being said, I've got one word to exit the video. I really appreciate you coming on here once again. In three, two, one, huzzah, baby!